What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SS Network. of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then, my friends, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake Silver, brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Oh, sorry, Mike, I'm, I'm unmuted right up over there. But hey, guys, I appreciate you all with your patience. Thank you so much. We got everything back up in track. It is your one and only Jake the Snake Silva from the Snake Sports Talk Show as we are back on a Wednesday night. Like, subscribe, hit the bell button, and also keep up to date with all future shows here on the Spotlight Sports Network and on the Snake Sports Talk Show as we are everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter is where you can find me and also on Instagram, so all social media platforms. Ah, uh, it's a stacked week already, but I am so excited and I'm also very happy to be here with all of you guys. What's going on Flicked FN? What's going on, everybody? I appreciate you all tuning in. I hope all of you guys are having a great Wednesday and also having a great week as well as we are close to closing into another week. What did we have all going on? We had the NBA Finals. We had just literally minutes ago the NHL expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken as being um, introduced as the 32nd NHL franchise. We've got... 50 days until kickoff for the NFL. We we got so much going on, and we also are close to Major League Baseball's trade deadline. So <laughs> I'm just absolutely stacked. But um, but you know, I, I want to start off with this because I know a lot of you are asked are pretty much questioning or concerning why I'm wearing this t-shirt for a reason. So the NBA Finals game six. Let me just give you a little bit of a, a you know a piece of my two cents because i thought that this was a very historical moment and you know before i go on any longer congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks 50 years in the making they are once again champions and it's really interesting it's really interesting how you could kind of look into this and you ask yourself, you know, that like 
first of all, how did this even, how was this even possible for the Milwaukee Bucks to coming and making a huge appearance into the NBA Finals and their Finals champions? Let me just give you something from here. Because I anticipated this whole series to go to, to go to six games out of the seven. My prediction, of course, didn't really pan out, but that's okay. And I knew that this was going to be a grinder series one way or the other. But all it had to deal with was the adjustments that needed to be made and who was willing to take the shots. Looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, and what and from what I saw last night, what was so remarkable that I think we are all witnessing this before our very eyes. Giannis Antetokounmpo, young kid out of Athens, Greece, gets selected by the Milwaukee Bucks. Young kid was not proper at, spe- at speaking English. Had a lot of trouble. And it seemed like things were kind of, you know, going into a, to a direction where he was going to be overwhelmed. And mostly... When you take young kids, especially some overseas, depends on how they're depends on how they manage pressure. Because we look at this from the Luka Doncic's, we look from so many other international stars. But Giannis was one of a kind, very unique. So he comes into the states from the Greece. And then the first year did not have the best rookie season. I mean, he was pressurized and had a lot of different things happening up front. But what was remarkable was the years he put after that rookie season. He was constantly in the gym. He was constantly on the courts, working at his game, trying to get better any way that he could. What's so fascinating is that Where I live here in Vegas, there has been a lot of talks about a potential NBA team moving to Vegas. There is, and there still is. It just hasn't been completely exposed and announced yet because there are still more and more evaluating of some of the teams here in the league. Either one of them could make a movement, but it depends. But at some point soon, the NBA will make its mark in, in to Vegas in a market like this. And then the summer, you know, the, the summer leagues that we have every year, that's the reason. But Milwaukee, as a small marketed franchise, not one that attracts big time free agents. They get this young kid from Greece. And Milwaukee was the type of organization that was good, but just could never make the leap to be great. And you have to think about notable names out of this organization. Ray Allen, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There were a couple of really good players that have come from Milwaukee. But ever since those big-name players left, Milwaukee seemed a little bit more mediocre and they seemed more 
irrelevant. Kind of the histories of the organization. But they have won championships before. They were just not big, you know, they, they these were not, you know, big time celebrations. Nobody really even truly knew about it. <laughs> it was just kind of something they win a championship, great. And then they move on to the next, and then they're not really talked about. Because of course, you're flooded by the Lakers and the Celtics. And then of course you got uh, uh, mixtures of Dallas and then Miami. And Milwaukee was just only, they were only a decision away from almost becoming a franchise that would have moved. But not until Giannis. So the second he comes in, Chris Middleton was one of the guys that he had worked with throughout this process. But each year, that seemed like it was a little bit of a struggle. It was a little bit of pressure, like just kind of pressures on his shoulders. And then not to mention, it was challenging for him. Giannis is a prime example of what I believe a championship player looks like. We just saw that last night. And for them winning the NBA Finals for the first time in 50 years, in a franchise, I'm telling you, they were on the brinks that if they couldn't get this right, they were going to move. What exactly is there in a market in Milwaukee, to be honest? Milwaukee as a town. Let's let let's just kind of take a piece of you know uh, uh, let's just take some honesty here. But Milwaukee, big on hops and breweries, Miller, you know Miller Lite, and so many other different brew companies. Then you have the Milwaukee Brewers, Robin Yount, Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder. There were a lot of a lot of players that have come out of that that baseball organization. But the Milwaukee Bucks, but most people in a small town in Green Bay, Wisconsin, loves the Packers. They've lived and breathed Packers, and they love the cheese. Was not really huge on Milwaukee, and at least not on the Bucks. The Bucks have won a championship, but since then, it kind of felt like they were ghosted. But once Giannis made his mark, this is what I said all the time. And this is also what I've continued to say, and I even posted this on Twitter, that Giannis was the reason Milwaukee remained a franchise. You could believe it or not, and a lot of people have opinions behind that. But when you look at a championship player, let's discuss this. You look at a guy who's willing to overcome all sorts of adversities and all sorts of obstacles. And Giannis each year did not digress. He did not decline. Giannis got better as it went. And a 26-year-old kid who's humble, who's funny, displays an awful lot of loyalty and leadership. And what's funny about this, the most crucial thing throughout the NBA Finals for Giannis was the fact that it, he literally had a Larry Bird moment. Went up to the free throw lines, and a lot of people know this, he shakes a lot when he's on the free throw line. 
but he nailed almost all of his shots. That was sending you a signal. It's championship or nothing. The utmost mentality that most NBA players haven't discovered yet. And mind you, this was the first ever finals in Chris Paul's career. He hadn't been able to get a piece of that. A lot of players who missed their chances. And even some who came in young got a chance to experience that up front. And honestly, not a lot of people really do think highly of Milwaukee, but I guarantee you after this year, much respect to Giannis. Absolute leader and humble. A kid out of Athens, Greece, who had to overcome a lot of adversities, didn't even get to see his mom, didn't even see, get to see his, his brothers. Yet, his brothers both, like all, all three of the kids, all are talented basketball players. And it took time. But then mom finally got down here. And they're one big happy family. Giannis, after the rookie year, got better, stronger, faster. And I think after what we witnessed in the finals, he's going to get better with his free throw shots. He's not going to be shook. He's going to be one guy, I think like Steph Curry, is going to be one they're going to love to play with. It may not be because of the Milwaukee market, but it's because as long as Giannis is there, that's the reason people will play for him. They'll play with him. And mind you, he didn't even sneak out to go to a super team, the, whether it's the Lakers or whether it's Golden State or if it was Boston or even a lot of the, even Philadelphia. Never left his team. Never left a place that took him in, made him feel like family, and also grew with him. And you don't see that mentality anymore. But this was a refreshment last night. This was a refreshment that no matter what, and this is eight years in the making, to where it all came together. And, my, and give credit to Mike Budenholzer because he made some serious adjustments that needed to be made to stopping Phoenix in their tracks. Because Phoenix, for whatever reason, and I'll get to them in a second, they couldn't make adjustments. But Milwaukee was able to do that. They know Giannis breaks at the free throw line. But Giannis made the adjustment to where he didn't feel like that again. And he made quality shots within the perimeter, rocked the rim when he got the opportunities. And also a lot of guys stepped up. P.J. Tucker, Chris Middleton, uh, Jeff Teague, Brooke Lopez. All these role players and bench, you know, bench role players, they stepped up in a big way. That's why that this was a whole entire team effort. It ain't just Giannis. But Giannis was the key component to making that happen. He was the heartbeat. And just like that, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks.
I mean, that, that, that was honestly a finals we never get to see like at all, unless if it's once in a lifetime for a lot of us, no matter what era we grew up in. But I know that that's something that I will definitely be talking a lot more of in my lifetime about how you overcome adversity, you trust the processes. I mean, you trust the system that it's going to work out. It's going to pan itself out. It takes a little bit of time. This is why people, when it comes to businesses and a lot of things, things take time. Why do you think we always get refreshed with the same line, focus on you first? Because then that's when everything flourishes. That's when everything will flourish at the right time. Giannis had to focus on himself first. He had to get better at English. He had to get better at uh, at the free throw line. He had to get better at threes. He had to get better at all of this. We need that. That's why a lot of people, when it comes to super teams, we get so distracted by it. And we never get to real, we never ever get a chance to really think about like we never get a chance to really experience what true grit and grind looks and feels like. We don't like, <laughs> I thought that was a great reminder last night in Milwaukee more than deserving. All right, let me shift over to the other side to the Phoenix suns, because I know a lot of people wanted ask me why, you know, how, how, how in the world did Phoenix at this point at 2-0 lose the whole series? I mean, there there is a point in time. It was a young core group. Okay, Phoenix was so fun to watch. Once you had Chris Paul in the building, Devin Booker played like himself. DeAndre Ayton played better than himself. And then you think about Cameron Payne and Cam, you know, and 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 Cam Johnson. All these guys. It was a fun team to watch. And think about some of the crucial players there. Jay Crowder could give you some steals, can give you some quality minutes, and could even give you some quality shots from beyond the arc. And he's already been to back-to-back finals with Miami and in Phoenix and lost both. I'm not going to say that to basically pin everything down. But let me just tell you something about Phoenix. Because we'll see him again. There's no doubt about this. There's a difference. And what we witnessed last like last year in the bubble, when the Lakers were able to get the breaks they needed, everybody got healthy. Everybody played well. Because it was that shortened break. Miami was a team that caught fire. They somewhat bull rushed a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference. And on top of that, once Miami got into the finals, they got exposed. It was a young team. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Chris Silva. And Jimmy Butler was one of the was the component for them. But then it's interesting. 
It's interesting how you look at it with the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul comes in this year and completely changes a lot of things. Phoenix took everybody by storm and made it this far. They beat the Lakers when the Lakers were injury brittle. They swept the Denver Nuggets and beat Nikola Jokic. And Jamal Murray was out for the season. They then beat Paul George and the Clippers when Kawhi Leonard was not healthy. There were breaks that went their way. But Milwaukee, Giannis was hurt. But yet Giannis fought through the injuries to then playing smart basketball, to utilizing exactly what his strengths are, and then open the floor for everybody else. Phoenix got way too comfortable after a 2-0 series. After a 2-0 series lead, they got way too comfortable. They felt like they had this thing in the bag. And what happens when we see this with a lot of teams? It doesn't even matter what body of sport. But when you see comfortability, this happens all the time. Teams eventually crumble. And they get exposed. And Monty Williams didn't even make any adjustments. They were too Chris Paul reliant that in the end, Devin Booker was 0 for 7 in the three-point line. 0 for 7. And Stephen A. Smith believes that he is the next Kobe Bryant. Slow down. This is why I get sick and tired of doing legendary player comp like player comps. I do. Because these comparisons, they're just so absurd. And it's it's comical. Even though Devin Booker is a shooter, he's not Kobe. He's his own player. He has his own style. And he has a way of controlling his pace of the game. Every player does. You're not going to get another Kobe. You're not going to get another LeBron. You're not going to get another Luka, let alone a Giannis or any of those players. You're not going to get another one of those. So to sit and doing this comparison is just, it's comical. It's absolutely comical. But the point I'm trying to make about this is that the Suns are going to have a lot to think about with this. And they're going to learn from this. This is, a, this is a very, very young group. But mind you this, it's not as simple as people think. You think about a stacked Western Conference, Golden State trying to get back on the rise, Lakers are just trying to get healthy, Dallas right now is trying to make moves to help boost up Luka, Portland, who knows, who knows when Dame time's ticking out there and what the deal is, is you know, is going to happen. Utah, there are teams that are hungry to get back in again. And there are teams that they felt like just did not fit the bill. But this is where Phoenix, they're not going to struggle. They're not going to struggle. Monty Williams is a smart coach, but in situations like that, 
you got to be willing to adjust. Mike Budenholzer was the reason they did. And that's why Milwaukee won. Making the adjustments, understanding your players' strengths, and utilizing them. And um, and very it, it was controlling each other's destinies. That's what it was. So Phoenix will have a lot to learn from this. But of course, the real question is, is what's going to happen with Chris Paul? What's going to happen with a lot of these guys? But I guarantee you this. I would not be surprised if he returned to Phoenix. Because after a run like that, I felt like he had a lot of fun with this group. Forget about the, the, you know, the Scott Foster thing. Forget about it. That's not the reason. That should never ever be the reason. That 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 that's just that's just excuses waiting to happen. But I'm telling you, I just really think that Phoenix, they are not going to be that team that's going to really kind of shy away. They're still going to be competitive. They still have a lot to learn. It's a young core group. I think Devin Booker really understands himself and I do think is going to work more on his game. DeAndre Aiden the same way. Um, but there really were some really good specialists that Phoenix had. And to top it all off, they they had so many breaks in the playoffs. And that's what got them through. So this is never a discouraging thing for the Phoenix Suns. I just think that in pressure situations like that, you have to make adjustments. And that ultimately is what set the tone for Milwaukee to turn the tables and finish it in six. Coming up next, um, so just a few minutes, you know, just a while ago, we had the NHL expansion draft. Every single one of the picks. And I'm going to break out all the players that were selected tonight. But Don't be surprised about how this team and their mentality is going to be for the next couple of years. And I'm talking from the front office perspective. I will discuss that later on tonight. Um, and then I'm also going to be talking a little bit about NHL and Major League Baseball trades and news rumors because we got baseball trade deadline. Um, the offseason is almost close right now for the NHL. So a lot of things are really, really happening altogether. But we got it all covered here on the Spotlight Sports Network. So for all of you guys, you guys love fantasy uh, fantasy play. You guys love winning cold hard cash as well. And you guys also love uh, all the fun, all of just, you know, all of like just some of the, the, the best stuff that you can get in any fantasy uh, app. Well, Thrive Fantasy is the best place so far with newly updated pool plays different bet lines for not just all of the bodies of sports, but even golf and even a lot of different, um, a lot of different bet lines, even for all of you hardcore gamers for esports. Where do you find Thrive Fantasy? You can find it online, thrivefantasy.com, or you download it on your mobile device through Google Play in the App Store. And when you do sign up for your first time, it's a $20 deposit. Use promo code SSNetwork. And Thrive Fantasy promises that they will match your deposit up to 50 bucks into your first play. Sounds like a deal. 
So what are you guys waiting for? Go online to thrivefantasy.com and download on your mobile device. Use promo code SS Network to get the $50 match deposit today. Like we mentioned before, what are you guys waiting for? It's still summertime, and you guys can gear up with your favorite Spotlight Sports Network shows and, of course, all of your favorite Spotlight Sports Network gear just by going to SpotlightSportsNetwork.com. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more to be representing and, of course, supporting your favorite network and, of course, your favorite show here on the Spotlight Sports Network. Uh, you know, there, there, I mean, I was really excited and, and by the way, um, we just covered it myself. And of course our good friend at, uh, crossbars and Zambonis here on the spotlight sports network that you could catch every weekend, uh, with our good friend, Jeremy case is of course back from a little slight hiatus, but he's back with some great content. And, um, I have to say this, um, 2017, when the Vegas Golden Knights became a franchise, nobody really knew 
just exactly what was in stored as you know as basically you know the 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 plan itself rolled on and i was really curious as to how this organization would have would have really panned itself out and i thought it was really really interesting but this team this team is remarkable first four seasons they made it all four of them to the Stanley Cup playoffs three Stanley Cup final appear or stand or um three western conference finals appearances and one Stanley Cup final appearance it's a very impressive franchise right off the bat. And I just truly think that this team themselves are going to be very, very successful for many, many future years ahead. So just today, Jeremy and I, we covered the NHL expansion draft with the Seattle Kraken. Now, there were a couple of leaks of names, and I'm just going to end up restarting it here for you guys. So this is the whole entire list. So you got Hayden Fleury, Tyler Pitlick, Jeremy Lousen, Will Borgen, Mark Giordano, Morgan Geeky, John Keenville, Eunice Donskoy, Gavin Bayreuther, Jamie, um, Jamie Alexiak, um, Dennis Chulwiski, Adam Larson, Chris Dreider, Curtis McDermott, Carson Sosi, Kale Fleury, Kelly Yarncrook, Nathan Bastion, Jordan Eberly, Colin Blackwell, Joey Decord, Carson um, uh, Tawinski, Brandon Tanev, Alexander True, Vince Dunn, Yanni Gord, Jer uh, Jared McCann, Cole Lynn, Vitek Vanacek, and Mason Appleton. So this is your Seattle Kraken roster. It's not completed yet um, because Friday we have the NHL draft. But I have to say, it was a lot of fun. But you witnessed, of course, a lot of big-time famous names like Macklemore, um, you had Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, um, even Marshawn Lynch, all their finest from there. It, it, it was, it was honestly so much fun. Brad Evans, um, yeah, Bobby Wagner, the linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. Boy, it was, it, it, it was a lot of fun today. And I, looked at this entire roster. And let me just tell you a little something about Seattle. Because this is a franchise under Ron Francis and with their head coach, Dave Haxtell. This is going to be really interesting to see. But a lot of those impactful names, Chris Dreiger, Mark Giordano, Jordan Eberle, um, Brandon Tanev, 
And then not to mention Mason Appleton and a couple of others. This is a group that is just getting younger and better. They're like in their mid-20s. And some that are already surpassed that. But when I looked at this whole roster, I looked at how how just the quality of the defensive fronts themselves. I mean, this 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 back end for the Kraken is going to be scary good. It may not be complete shutdown, but they're not going to be a team that's going to surpass giving up one to two goals. They're not going to give up five, six. They're going to limit some teams to one to two goals, possibly three, depending on the situations. It's not going to be as easy of a team as people think it is. These are too many really good quality defensive um you know defensive assets they really are and mark giordano to lead that i think says a lot spent all of his years in calgary and was a guy that was a former he was a former norris trophy winner also won the mark messier leadership award and so He's going to be the voice in that locker room. And the one thing that I anticipate, because they went out and got a lot of big-time quality defensemen and may make a few moves to potentially get real good forwards for offense. Because the only names you can see there, Jared McCann, um, Jordan Eberle, Yanni Gord, there are a ton of really good names. And what's interesting about this and what people don't realize is that the expansion draft, the reason they have them is not because they're going to take the best of the best. This is not a fantasy draft because I know a lot of people had questions of, are they going to take Carey Price? Are they going to take Vladimir Tarasenko? All the... They were not going to risk themselves with a potential risky move. Vladimir Tarasenko has already had three shoulder surgeries and his cap hit is seven and a half. Risky. Carey Price is already to the point where he's going to be close to being past his prime and a knee injury and a guy cap hit of 10 million. Highest paid goaltender in the league. I don't think Seattle would have really built their franchise and their future around that. What you just saw is going to be a very defensive-minded team for the next five years. And not only that, they're going to get some offensive scores and what I feel like are going to be precise passers, not to mention opening the ice, to opening up offensive opportunities and score on precise opportunities. That's what I feel like is in the future and is the blueprint of Ron Francis. A guy that's very defensive-minded. I think a guy that really cares about his goaltenders and then not to mention get quality defense behind him. That's why you see guys like Giordano and Vince Dunn and a couple others. 
I think this is going to be quite a interesting team by the inaugural year. Because October 23rd is their home opener against the Vancouver Canucks. And out here in Vegas, the home opener for the Golden Knights is against the Seattle Kraken. Two of the expanded franchises. Golden Knights in 2017, Kraken just this year in 2021. They're both going to square off. (laughs) I can't wait for that. I would love to be able to watch that game up front to really see how both those expanded franchises would play. But I'm just telling you, there's a plan in place that Ron Francis has. And I think is one that I'm sure hockey fans are going to agree. You do not want to poke the bear on this one. It's not going to be as simple as people think it would. It's not. And for them being in the Pacific Division, I mean, they they overlooked this thing and they looked at a lot of the big-time powerhouses. The Vegas Golden Knights, um, look out for the LA Kings. They're making moves of their own. The Edmonton Oilers, when they get red hot. Um, so there are a, a bunch of teams. There's a bunch of teams within that division that could easily catch fire offensively. And I think when the second you see Seattle... Because Arizona now is is in the central. You ain't got to worry about them. But the second that I think you see a lot of these offensive powerhouses, imagine if Seattle had to face against Colorado or against um, Minnesota or a lot of these other teams. Winnipeg. Probably would have gotten a lot of money for your buck. But... In this Pacific division, I feel like that there, you know, th- this is really going to up the division themselves. But I also do think that when that time does come up, when everything is all said and done, do not be surprised by how you see Seattle in the near future. They are going to be very tough defensively. And nobody is going to make it. Nobody is going to be able to score off of them that easily. Not with that type of core. Time now for the hot press. All right. So um, this one literally just hit my phone right now. But um, Chicago White Sox sensation, who had been such a big name around in the baseball world, Yerman Mercedes, the catcher, had announced on his Instagram with the words posted, it's over. And claiming saying that he is walking away uh, from baseball for a while. Uh, He had been in the minor leagues in the recent weeks, but was definitely one of the best players and was such a huge uh, story from April and May of this year. Was a big-time contact hitter and... He struggled later, you know, in the spring and didn't quite recover after Tony LaRusa publicly criticized him for hitting a grand slam off a position player at 3-0. Um and I and he had been hitting 309 since being demoted to uh to AAA. You know, I, I again I looked at this situation. I I don't quite get it. I really, really don't, but 
I just still do think that there is a future here for Yerman Mercedes. So an early retirement and stepping away from baseball. Um, and again, I, I said this in the group chat. <laughs> I said this in the group chat that I could not believe when you listened to the all-star game and when it came to the Chicago White Sox players of how they acknowledged a job that uh, Tony La Russa has done. I completely disagree because in situations like this, this is now what's forcing guys like this to leave or to force early retirement. I thought it was, I thought this was kind of embarrassing. It was sad, but to all the best for, for him in the near future. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think this is ridiculous. I just truly think that this is ridiculous. So, um, so of course, you know, uh, you basically, um, trade deadline coming up, but there were a bunch, you know, there were a bunch of big time names and we're not sure exactly what we might come up to see, but, um, like I said, usually July 31st, fun time. It's the best time to the best time to at least get the best quality players. We know this is the Chicago Cubs are sellers. Um, big time, you know, big, big time thing. Uh, so in the NFL, uh, linebackers, Vince Williams has announced his retirement uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers after eight seasons being with the team. Um, we were st so of course um, one of the one of the uh, vice pre vice presidents and manage, uh, general manager Kevin Colbert uh, mentioned that we respect his decision and want to thank him for his time with us as he consistently showed great character and leadership in addition to his contributions on the field. We wish Vince and his family all the best. So um, after being se uh, selected as the sixth round in the 2013 NFL draft and in an 121 regular season games and 69 starts, he had compiled 479 tackles, 20 and a half sacks, two interceptions and one defensive touchdown over the course of his career. So just retiring at 31 years old, young as well. This I, I could kind of say could be a crushing blow for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. But at the same time, because they needed a lot of offensive line help. They needed some linebacker help because Bud Dupree is gone. There's going to be a lot of questions for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. But again, all the best wishes to Vince Williams and his retirement and heck of, heck of a player. Heck of a player. So the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers ended up paying some big-time top dollars with signing their all-pro line, uh, linebacker Fred Warner to a five-year extension, uh, $95 million in that extension with a $40.5 million guarantee. Um, the extension was, was to be expected after Fred Warner made his first Pro Bowl and all-pro team in 2020, and it was only about a matter of time. So Warner has led the 49ers in tackles in each of his three 
professional seasons. He averaged 122 tackles per season and finished with um, the highest pro football focus grade than anybody in 2020 in his position. So I felt like this was right. This was right for John Lynch and the 49ers. I mean, Fred Warner is a heck of a player and one that I think could very much, when you think of him, Nick Bosa, and a lot of these guys up front, um, Fred Warner really, I, I mean, he's he fits the bill. He fits the bill for what the scheme is for the 49ers moving forward. Uh, now, it is going to be pretty difficult without their main piece in Robert Sala. But does not mean they can't be a solid defense. You work a little bit of the secondaries. You continue to put pressure on on the line and the quarterback and stop the run games any way that you can. Again, San Francisco is going to come back healthier, stronger than ever, but all the best right there for Fred Warner. What what a signing. I, I think this was definitely valuable. All right, so that was the hot press, folks. Coming up next, um, I'm going to be giving my... I'm going to be giving my division prediction finally for the NFL. And um, my one focus will be the AFC East. And I, I, I love doing this, this kind of stuff. So I'm going to be looking through all these teams because of course, a lot of the records, I'm not going to be going based upon records yet because we actually are going to have specials like that on the Spotlight Sports Network where we will be talking about um, the records and where we may have our division predictions. But I figured here on the Snake Sports Talk Show is a little bit of a leak on my end who I think could be big time um, you know, division predictions. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So you don't want to end up missing that here. Best for last here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Once a raider, bruh, always a raider, bruh Shit, simple as that, you look silver and black Lot of bread invested in that old line Car insurance cost the arm and the leg to reach that gold line
Welcome to the My City My Game Pod Show featuring Raider J77. Your place for all things Raiders and all things Trailblazers. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Now let's go. Well, like usual, everybody, I really do appreciate every single one of you guys being here tonight. Um here on the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Spotlight Sports Network. It's always a lot of fun. Um, oh man, we had a lot to talk about, but, but boy, I had a lot of fun with... Um, I had a, I had an absolute a lot, like absolutely a lot of fun doing the, um, you know, doing the, the expansion draft with Jeremy Case. And um, again, I, I, I do think that this that this organization is really go you know is it 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 really is going to be quite the organization that you just you don't tamper with i really don't think that they're really set in their position to fail i think that this is this is the type of organization that will be defensive minded will be in your face i mean if you looked at some of these defensive guys they're literally taller than me. Like, you know, like Jamie Alexiak is literally 6'7", and he's a big boy. So I, I, I even said this to, to my colleague. I said, it's like I'm dealing with, um, it's like I'm dealing with a whole bunch of Zanino Charas everywhere. So... There's a lot. There's a lot of really good defensive assets that I do think that the Seattle Kraken do have, and I do think that in the midst of all this, um, yeah, I I can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. But other than that, um, I appreciate every single one of you guys being on here tonight. So my best for last. So I'm finally going to be leaking this out. Now we will have this again on this on the Spotlight Sports Network as a group as we'll be having our division prediction show soon. And you know what this means now with 50 days left of NFL football, when we're close to the season, I'm going to be having record predictions. I'm also going to be having my, my favorite segment always every year. Um, my prime predictions. We had a lot of them all last year and I swear I like was very close to nailing all of them. And we had a lot of really good picks and we had a lot of really good predictions. So that's going to be making a comeback. I can't wait for that. Um, but we're going to have a lot of it. So by this next month of August, and by the time we're up there in September, that's usually how it always is because you've got training camps, you've got, um, you got practices. So they're getting geared up for preseason and we'll finally have preseasons. Um, you know, you know, we'll finally have preseasons back because I know a lot of people really complained about it so much. But other than that, my focus here on the division prediction is going to be in the AFC West or the AFC East. So that's the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Now, there have been a lot of different changes made. And it's going to be interesting to see whether or not we might actually see something a little different or maybe we might have, because th th this division, Miami, really made a lot of different adjustments. And this was a team that has a lot to look forward to in their young core. But the question is, do they trust 
Tua enough that is going to get them over that hump or is going to get them to that position. The Patriots want to get back into the playoffs very badly. I knew this for you know from the start and from the get-go. They were salty about Tom Brady winning the championship, winning the Super Bowl. We all knew it. We saw it coming from a mile away. That's not that's not new to me. So um, we're going to be breaking every single one of these down. And these are just basically my first predictions before everything else. So uh, here we go. AFC East. So my number four team that I do have will be the New York Jets. Look, let's be honest here. Um, This is a franchise that I do see rebuilding. Now, they did take... um, They did, in fact, take Zach Wilson as their next up-and-coming quarterback for their future. It's understandable, but here's the thing. There were a lot of speculations on Zach Wilson on his play. Yes, he can run. Yes, he can throw. But kind of has a riskful mentality here. So, And this is also a new rebuilding uh, offensive line where you still have Mekhi Becton. You still have a couple of good, valuable pieces. And then you have Marcus May in the, in, in the safety position. Now, Robert Sala, who's a defensive-minded coach, is going to fix up all the problems on the defense. That's not going to be the issue. The, the focus now has to be on that offense and how that they manage to produce. My thing of it is they're not going to be that type of team to really make a lot of noise especially in the division that they are in. When you've got Buffalo, you got Miami, and you've got the Patriots, Zach Wilson's going to have his hands full with this defense. So I do not see a whole lot of changes with the Jets. Um, so I do see them being placed fourth in this division. Um, my number three team, and this might shock you guys, but it's the New England Patriots. Um, it, it, there are several questions that are really kind of going around about the Cam Newton situation with the injury. And then, of course, is this opening for Mac Jones? Look, Mac Jones, I'll say, is a good kid. But when you look at a lot of these quarterbacks in this league, there were five of them that were taken this this year. Five of them. And either one of them could be potential busts. But my gut feeling is you're not going to see that from Trevor Lawrence because he's such a generational talent. You're not going to see that out of Trey Lance because think about the protection he has in San Francisco. Um, and then you you know you uh, you've got Mac Jones in New England, which is going to be very interesting to see. And then you have Zach Wilson in, on the Jets and Kyle Trask. So, however, they're going to play this thing. Um, in New England, I know they got a lot of pieces. Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. Um, they brought back Kyle Van Noy. They brought back a lot of players. They even got um, they got Jalen Mills in the defense, and they also ended up getting Nelson Aguilar on a good deal. So they are not all about building their players because they want everybody that has the experience for the now and not for the later. That's just kind of the the mentality that the New England Patriots has had for a while. But of course, once Tom Brady left, 
You didn't give him receivers. You didn't give him everything that he wanted and what he asked for is not something to sound arrogant, but it's to sound saying, I can't do everything on my own, especially in the age I'm in now. So I do think New England is going to take third in this one. But I'll tell you on the number two here, uh, Miami Dolphins. I I know a lot of people have questions about, you know, Tua Tagovailoa, but l- let me be honest with you. Tua deserves the chance to really show what he's capable of. And it's actually kind of funny because Darian Hopkins of the of the uh, Spotlight Raiders talking also on the Spotlight Sports Network morning show mentioned about this, that you don't just move you don't just move Tua for nothing because the fact of you didn't even get a chance to see him grow. And I know that they were kind of messing around with his quarterback thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you've got a solid defensive core. You got to actually a lot better of a offensive line. Now that you have, now that you've got a lot of really good key, key pieces there. And then not to mention miles Gaskin, and we might have at least a couple of real good impactful runners for Miami and wide receivers. I mean, Devontae Parker is going to eventually need help, but Will Fuller coming in, I think this is going to be very interesting. Mike Gusecki might actually turn out to be a really good top 10 tight end for this next year, but it's all going to depend on how Tua plays because if Tua is very successful, and that's the thing, he's not going to be set for failure. He's not going to be set for failure. That's not his that's not his role play. His role is to execute plays, be smart, don't make mistakes. That's the mentality that Tua is. And I do think Miami because they pushed for a playoff run, I think are going to do it again and they're actually going to punch their ticket into the playoffs. So that leaves me with my number 1 the Buffalo Bills. Um Look, what more do I really need to explain about how good the Bills are and they're only getting better? Josh Allen is such a like a transitional type quarterback that transitioned from college to the pros beautifully. Generational type talent. He's got Stefan Diggs now as a deep ball wide receiver. And we see how big of a threat he really is um, in deep ball plays. And not just that, but the fact that the defense had underrated guys like A.J. Epinesa, um, Tredavious White, and a couple of others. And so I do feel like that the Bills are only going to get better from here. Brian Dable has shaped this thing up and, and his offensive coordinating position. And then it was all left up to Sean McDermott. Young coach. I think really fits into this Buffalo system. And and listen, Buffalo is going to have times where they're going to make the playoffs. Eventually, they're going to make it to where we'll see them in a Super Bowl. Because I just look at this roster top to bottom. There are still a few adjustments that need to be made, but it's not that far away. The defense is really good. Josh Allen in this offense pops. And... You're not you. You'll never get this type of talent ever again. I mean, it it goes for a lot of these young quarterbacks in this league now. So, I truly think that the Buffalo Bills will repeat as AFC East champs 
And I do think that you're going to get a bigger, better Buffalo version because of how just Kansas City, there are a lot of teams in this in this AFC that you'll never know exactly what the outcome will be until we actually see the season unfold. So, well, guys, that was my predictions from there. I have the Jets basically. So I have the Buffalo Bills finishing first. I've got Miami finishing behind them and then also pushing for a playoff, uh, you know, a playoff spot because that extra spot is a lot more momentum for them. And that's what they were chasing for. That's what they were fighting for. And I feel like Brian Flores from what he saw from last year is going to make a little bit more adjustments and are going to find their way to get back in the playoffs and make a push. So, um, new England, it may not be guaranteeable that they're third because sometimes they always do make a lot of different adjustments, but it will depend on health of guys like Cam Newton and a couple of others. So I, I just feel like, look, Mac Jones is a good kid, but I just don't think that he's ready for that type of pressure yet. So, and however Bill Belichick really manages this whole thing, that's kind of where I see New England in the end. And then finally, the New York Jets. Look, it's a rebuilding franchise. Zach Wilson is only going to get better, but um, I got to see it for myself how he handles pressure because that is the only thing that's always concerning to a quarterback. If you've got pressure in your face and you still execute, you're a heck of a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, uh, Justin Herbert, a lot of these young quarterbacks have overcome a lot of those pressures so it would be interesting to see how this unfolds but as of for right now because it's a new young head coach in robert sala i don't know how he'll manage this defense but there are some notable names out there that he can work well with but at the end of the day they're not quite there yet but they're only going to get better as time rolls on so Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. That's what I've got from one through four in the division. Bills win it. Uh, Dolphins push for for a playoff spot. And, you know, we'll see exactly how the Patriots and the Jets really do manage this whole thing. All righty, guys. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. We really do appreciate it. And we will catch you guys next week on Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for more. Um, if you guys can definitely catch, um, definitely catch the uh, the weekend shows as well, and also the Spotlight uh, Sports Network morning show that we have every week, every morning here at seven p.m. Pacific, 10, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and with my good friend, my good colleague Darian Hopkins as well hosting it. You guys do not want to end up missing that here on the Spotlight Sports Network. Have a great night, Jake the Snake, signing off from here. And we will see you guys next week. Take care.